0: Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. Now today our topic, it's actually a case study called 250 Hamburgers. So let's just catch up really quickly here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. I think we're still friends. Yes, we are. We both managers for a very long time. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a ch- situation where we or others can most often miss a mark, although we're going to take an exception to that today. And we will, will most often start from the employee's perspective, and we're going to discuss how we have observed others do things uh, and successfully manage situations uh, and uh, deal with it as kind of a learning opportunity. So Greg, today, I think we're going to have a really good discussion with this one.
1: Yeah, this is, this is going to be a little bit different, as you said, Alistair, because it's really um, sharing something that really impacted you. And, you know, we we have been talking in this series about uh, things that we've learned, things that where we've stumbled and those type of things. But we all have stories of those lights, those those leaders that really just stood out and what they did, what they said, or what they didn't do really just sticks with us and becomes a fin- uh, foundational part of how we lead and how we manage. And today I'm excited to hear about uh, your story, the 250 hamburgers. Now, all I can think in my head is, as you say this title is they, that old commercials, where's the beef? And that old woman who, who would say, where's the beef? So uh, um, hopefully there won't be beefs here. It will be all good learning. All good learning and
0: uh, just to let our our, uh, listeners know, this story is like from 40 years ago and uh, as I've gone through my management career in times uh, when things aren't really working out well or I see people uh, doing things that really aren't helping the situation, this memory of this incident comes back probably three or four times a year. And i always seem to kind of go back to it as kind of the guiding light on on how to deal with the situation and it's funny you know i was like a very nominal employee at this burger place so i was never that good at it and yet uh out of that you know working at a place for eight or nine months to get some pocket change i end up uh uh, getting this great story which i have fallen back on time and time again and i think i've only shared it a couple times with a couple people but uh i think you know we now have kind of a Uh, Way to talk to people about it. So I think this is probably the time to actually uh, unleash the story perfect (laughs) Mm -hmm. So just let everybody know this is slightly different format than what we usually do and I'll probably spend a little bit more time Talking to set it up, but hopefully we can have a really good discussion and you can uh, draw some of the things that I drew out of this story So let's go a case study 250 hamburgers I was about 17 years of age and I was working in a fast food restaurant in Etobicoke, Ontario. I was best described as a very nominal employee and I think that's being very generous to my abilities with uh, a fryer. Um, I wasn't anything good to write home about in terms of being an employee. It was a Saturday afternoon, which means we were very busy and under the command of an 18 year old assistant manager. And in that afternoon, uh, a Sikh man in his 30s came into the front counter in traditional garb asking to speak to the manager. And what we learned is that there's a cultural festival gonna be starting in a few minutes and uh, the person supplying uh, their main entree had backed out. And basically what he was asking us for in very short order was 250 hamburgers. And we had 45 minutes to provide them. And immediately the crew uh, set up to meet this demand and uh, a bunch of cooking surfaces had to be brought up to other temperatures. Supplies had to be brought out uh, very quickly, people came off break, the lobby guy who cleans the lobby where people eat and stuff had to come in and cook, and while chaos was ensuing, and we had the regular uh, folks coming in to eat as well, right? So while this chaos was unfolding, a regional manager came from uh, the basement where a bunch of them were having a kind of a regional manager's meeting and took one look at the pandemonium and asked what was going on. He immediately went downstairs and next thing you know these five or six regional managers came out and they immediately jumped into the fray and found some spots one began cleaning up the lobby because the lobby cleaning person was cooking one assisted with the order taking several began to cook and dressing hamburgers and stuff one realized that we we're going to take a hit in stock and immediately start phoning around to some of the nearest stores to put them on alert that we might need some assistance uh, we we're definitely going to meet the demand that day but it was subsequent days that we we're going to have a problem. So that's uh, kind of what the story looked like. So, you know, what are some of the things that were demonstrated that I learned uh, from this situation from the bosses? And, and what's, you know, you've basically read this for the first time, Greg. So what's your impression just right off?
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, when I was, I was just very interested um, uh, by the, a whole bunch of things in the situation. But, you know, you're 17 years old. And uh, you saw these re- regional managers. You probably knew they were meeting in the basement. What, what, what would have been your expect? What would have been your expectation based upon a seventy-year-old mind of what they were going to do? Absolutely okay. nothing. Like no expectations, or you didn't know what they were going to do.
0: No idea what they're going to do. Didn't even think about it. You know, I was a seventeen-year-old line cook. You know, being commanded by an eighteen-year-old.
1: Right. Like, right.
0: I couldn't okay. see past the end of my nose.
1: Right, 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 right. Because you know, for me, sometimes you hear the horror stories of senior leaders um, walking in while everybody's working their working their their butts off and 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 not not stepping up and doing anything, you know, or or shouting around and telling you what to do. I think sometimes, depending on your experiences, people probably listening to the podcast would have thought, okay, imagine what I would have experienced in that situation. And I don't think um cleaning the lobby uh finding supplies and coming alongside would have been those things that normally jump to mind especially in um, some fast food restaurants although many of them are very good but sometimes not
0: yeah so i think we'll break it into two parts and jump in wherever you want Uh, one is going to be what was demonstrated by the the managers that i saw the regional managers the other is what i thought about the situation So let's start off with uh, what I saw them demonstrating and then we'll get in and comment wherever and then we'll get into what I thought as an employee. Uh, So the first thing was uh, that was demonstrated by uh, these men and women that came upstairs uh, from their meeting was everyone is part of a team. No matter who you are, when there's a critical operational issue, everyone needs to assist in the most practical and helpful way possible. It doesn't matter if you're the boss, you may find yourself changing up the garbage cans.
1: Yeah, and you know, sometimes uh, in my experience, starting with the toughest job and volunteering is a great way to model one team um, and, uh, and surprise people in, in that commitment.
0: I think a lot of people talk about the team, but when your boss goes out into the lobby of a restaurant on a Saturday afternoon, with the pandemonium that would be in this place, and goes and changes out garbage cans. I don't think you actually ever need to even say anything.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, there's. And I'm not sure if it's is this is one of the uh, the things that you've uh, you've got in here. But the one thing that I love is the question around how best can I support this situation. Um, it leaves ownership into the hands of the leader that's already there. Um, and if the if the leader that's there this is an 18 year old but you don't know how experienced it is that person is uh, they might say i don't have a clue what to do can you help Uh, and that's okay too well that is the
0: next point as a boss you don't need to take over in this instance the regional managers walked in and asked where they could help they took direction from the manager on the ground and the staff that were in the midst of the struggle
1: Mm, very good that's 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 powerful and because then it then it allows uh that person to step up as well and the best managers provide space for others to lead and to support them in growing their leadership skills so that's a beautiful example i remember i was i was flipping
0: these hamburgers and one of the regional managers came up beside me says what do you need me to do i said could you dress so dress the the, uh, the buns so that I can just put the patties on and like right away, you know, start doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. And everyone needs to be able to do other people's jobs. Cross training is so important and the bosses must never forget where they came from. And from this organization, if you're in charge of a store, you have to be able to do every single job in that mm-hmm. store.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the regional manager assisting at the counter area observed that the store manager had to ring up the customer multiple times because the software on the cash would only let a certain number of entrees be charged to each transaction. He noted the issue, the inefficiency, and the bother to the customer. He realized that the process had to be improved to deal with this situation in the future and to support the staff. Uh, one of the things that came out of this is that the assistant manager's key, authorization key in the cash uh, was limited. And, and so when something like this came in, when a, a community member supporting a community event came in and we were going to meet that need, you know, th- that customer was bothered because they had to run through the transaction 25 times.
1: Yeah. You know, there's a show a couple of years ago, and I'm not sure if it's still there, but the undercover boss and, um, I actually, when I worked for Porter airlines, we had a, uh, we had a a process where we would go out and we would work. um, uh, I I believe we, it was once a month, uh, but at least once a quarter, you would go out and work in one of the businesses, you know, on the ramp loading bags, uh, you know, you never, you didn't fly the plane, so that was okay. (laughs) But but what, what it really got you to realize was uh, what actually the business is all about. And also what are some of the things that you may be creating in the senior leadership role that uh, don't make sense on the front line. So it builds relationships, uh, but you discover things like this situation here that you've talked about, where uh, where uh, something as simple that you, you know by experiencing yourself, you discover a change in policy or process that will make things so much more effective and efficient. And I remember there was a marketing, uh, VP of marketing that went out and uh, one of the promotions that they had put together uh, as they were trying to deal with it on the front line. It was like madness. And, uh, and, but they had a chance to talk about, yeah, great idea way up here in the head office. By the time it gets down to the front line, it doesn't make sense. So again, opportunity to begin to have early on dialogue. So I love that. That's part of the story. That's a great example of how by keeping in touch with what you really do is a great way to, to help build better processes going forward but also to listen and learn and, and move quickly to serve the customer better.
0: And what I liked in this situation I still remember it the, the regional manager was irritated but not with the customer, not with the staff member was irritated and, and was just shaking uh, their head and you went, okay, th- this guy gets it this guy knows there's a problem And in this organization things like this, you know when it comes to the front line when you're actually having a, an exchange with the customer, it's so important to the organization, you knew something was going to happen with this, that it was going to be, the very least, there was going to be a discussion going up the chain that, you know, know, this is not acceptable. We need to be better at this. Mm -hmm. I agree. And ensuring that the team had enough supplies to carry on after the crisis was over, the regional manager making those observations immediately went into, uh, into overdrive and, you know, took a look at the situation made sure we had enough for that day and for this rush, but realized that to support the staff and you know be able to serve the customers later on this store you know may need support from some of the neighboring stores in the next week or so until uh, the truck came in I think a truck would come in once or twice a week with supplies but immediately realized that you know I need to support this store and uh, make sure that they have the material that they they need to uh, fulfill
1: our mission yeah that's awesome that's really good. Hey, Alistair, just out of curiosity, you said at the end that after your orders, after this was done, they went down uh, and go into the meeting. Was there any uh, any post kind of dialogue afterwards? And maybe you weren't involved because you were uh, just a kid working in there around. So what did, we, you know, what did we learn? Hey, great job, folks, and that type of thing. Or or was it just more smooth stream, now let's get back on to the work, rest of the work?
0: Um. I didn't notice anything. I I mean, I worked one or two shifts a week, so I don't know if I would have been in on the conversation, but uh, they were certainly like when they were leaving, it was like, you know, high fives type of deal, right? Uh, what, what came of it, I don't know, why, because I ended up uh, moving on to my regular summer job at some point, but uh, it's certainly, and you know, the next part is about some of the things I thought about the situation, what I found about it, but I'm sure something happened. It was that type of organization. Uh, you know, it was a corporate store. It wasn't a franchisee. So, so I'm pretty sure that um, something probably took place because of it. It's that type uh, of organization.
1: Yeah. And I just like even that celebration. It doesn't have to be in big. debate. High fives! Great job! We did it. That type of thing.
0: Thanks it a lot, everybody.
1: Good, right? Just kind of closes loop. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, as an employee, this is what I felt about the situation. And let's you know, let's face it. I was a 17 year old uh, working in a fast food place, and uh, not that great of a, a cook, or, or an employee for that matter. So, what did I feel about the situation as a result of this? I was part of a team. There's no doubt about it. The team, you know, uh, everybody pulled together, did what they had to do from the, the highest ranking person to the lowest ranking person, which was no doubt me. You know, we worked as a team. Nice feeling. The bosses, of most of whom I didn't know cared about me and what I was dealing with. Like when they came up, they were there to help. They were worried about us and uh, they just didn't talk about it. They did something about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that A great example of servant leadership. The gentleman has said, or the person who said to you, what do you need me to do? And you said, I need you to do the dressing. You know, that's, that, that's servant leadership.
0: Yeah. Uh, the bosses wanted us to succeed. There's no doubt about it. They didn't say, oh, you know, we hope you succeed. No, they jumped into the fray to help us uh, do what we had to do to meet this need, you know. And uh, I think one of the things uh, that really struck me was we as a team helped out a community. There's an identifiable group of people who were in a tough situation. It was uh, something very important to them. And we, as a team, were able to help that situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bosses took notice of a shortcoming with the cash register and we're very thankful for the lesson learned. So yes, there was a little bit of irritation, but it wasn't at any of us. It certainly wasn't at the customer. You know, that, you know, I feel uncomfortable with this, this isn't working uh very you know they, they were thankful for that lesson you know, we've never had this problem before and like all businesses what happens if other communities come here and ask us for a big order are we going to inconvenience them tie up a staff person doing multiple transactions when uh it should be smoother than that uh, and even the boss who, who was concerned about that we had the supplies you know they're thinking about you know we're, we're dealing with today's rush but what about the staff that are working tomorrow if there's shortages you know, we got, we have to help them out too. There's a there's a medium to long-term uh, concern here. And uh, as a boss, it's my job to make sure that people have what they need. To me, that was very, you know, how many times have we ended up being asked to do something and we just don't have the technology or the supplies or, or the people to help us do something? This person was concerned about that.
1: Yeah, and you know, both of those last two points are really about not just focusing on what you need to do in the moment, but also focusing on what can we do to Ensure the future. Learn from today. Move to move forward. Both of those are good examples of as a leader, whatever role you're you're serving, bringing your insights as to how do we also move beyond today, which is uh, which is uh, a good, just a good thing to help people think both just beyond just uh, in addition to delivering what the customer needs today. What are we going to need in the future? Great questions, even great. Um, steps to take.
0: And what I like about it from a 70 year old's per, per uh, perspective is that it's a little bit more difficult for me to address this issue. This person, it is within their power and their authority to deal with this. And uh, I think, you know, they realize it like, it's easier for me to make the phone call and get this stuff for you than it is for you to make the phone call and get this stuff for you. So let me do this for you
1: yeah so where can i where can i based upon the role that i have the experience that i have can i best support the team absolutely
0: i'm in a position of power and privilege and now i'm going to use it to make sure that in the next couple days you folks have what you need to get your job done Mm -hmm. uh i have to say you know i was proud of my uh my store and my company that day like uh we stepped up all of us together And uh, like I kind of intimated at the beginning, this is one of these stories, uh, you know, it was a really good lesson for me. Uh, I've been a manager a long time. You know, I've been on the road as a, as a, a manager type person in the police, in investigations, you know, at my last uh, job as well. And uh, this is one of these lessons that every once in a while, it comes to mind. And it just reminds me some of these just basic things that you know managers and leaders need to do to support things and just the right at uh, attitude and to bring to something is is this way this uh, i think you said it you know there's times when you're a servant you know you're in charge but there's times when you just have to come in and serve and help out other people to get things done and i think by you know you know laying down that power i mean it could have rolled out a different way right mm-hmm. but it didn't these people they, they didn't get in the way they just got in worked and helped us, you know, for an hour just to take care of business. It was, it was good. And every once in a while, I, I I go back to this story when I see things unfolding around me that I'm going like, oh my goodness, we're, we're talking too much up here. It's too theoretical. We need to get something done. And this story kind of brings me back to that to go, you know what? We need to stop thinking up here sometimes and just get mm-hmm. some stuff done. And I really like that. To me, it was just a model. Like, I don't know how these guys decided to come up and help us uh maybe it's maybe it's a, a company ethos or maybe they just went listen they've been in our situation before perhaps but to me it's just one of those things that every once in a while when i see things unfolding or i see myself doing certain things i think back to it and i go you know what happened when i was 17 when i when i had to cut those 250 hamburgers how did that play out
1: mm-hmm. and
0: what was the end result of that i don't think there was one negative thing there
1: No, and you know, it's, it's, there's themes right through all of this uh, series that we've been doing. It's really just uh, how you choose to show up and I say choose because I think we all have the opportunity stuff happens to us like even in this situation last minute order, summons desperate to, to get those burgers through and that type of thing. That you didn't choose. That was something external that comes into you. But you can choose how you respond. And as a leader, uh, those folks cho- chose to step up and be supportive, care about their people, offer their support, find where they can best serve, and, and then be one of the team and delivering things forward. And then following, uh, if they thought of things that they could make it better going forward, they did that, they implemented, they used their authority to make changes that would create greater good, all of those things. We actually each have a chance to do that in every situation, but we just need to, we just need to start by caring and choose to show up, right?
0: And I think uh, a lesson to me now that, you know, I've been a manager for a long time and I've been involved in a couple of big organizations, we talk about a lot of stuff and we're really good about talking about, you know, what, what are the tenets of this organization? You know, what do we espouse to do? And what this story reminds me of, the talking's fantastic. We need to have those conversations. But those conversations really don't mean anything if we don't, if if the people that work for us, that do the work that we need them to do, if they don't see us living it out and acting it out. Mm-hmm. That, you know, what really resonates with me, there's a bunch of things and we've talked about them, but the really base thing that the, that strikes me, in, because I experienced this, right? I'm telling a story, but I actually lived it out, is the, these there wasn't a lot of talking. These people just did mm-hmm. what they needed to do. And to see... You know, people that, uh, you know, are in charge of many stores, uh, each of them in their own right, they didn't talk about the ethos, about what the organization stood for. They actually played it out and they didn't have to talk about it afterwards. There didn't need to be a debrief. You know, they didn't have to, when they came in, have to have a big speech about what they were going to do. They just did it. And 40 years later, I'm still talking about what they did. Like talk about such a heavy emphasis on this, like, cause we've probably, you and I have probably heard dozens and dozens of inspirational speeches. I don't remember one of them, but this 40 years later, you know, a bunch of, you know, six men and women just came upstairs and jumped in. And 40 years later, we're still talking about what they did.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. My grandmother used to say it's the proof and the pudding. And uh, I think what that means is, you know, you can have a great recipe You can describe a beautiful recipe, but it's only when you taste it that you'll know how good it is. It's proof is actually in the pudding itself. And this is the exact same situation. Proof is in the actions. Uh, How many of us have been in organizations where there's beautiful words up on the wall, even aspirational pictures that go with those words, Um, but they don't necessarily reflect what we see on a day-to-day basis. And this is a great example of where uh, actions did reflect uh, what what I, I sense the leadership was trying to um, uh, say and believe in and commit to and you know kind of taking this one step further
0: uh, you know if you're in a place right now that's one thing but if you're like looking for a new job or you're coming out of school and going to be getting a job whatever you're doing uh, coming out of retirement to go and work somewhere to help out somewhere I'm in one of those situations right now and I'm, I'm sitting there, this story is up and I'm going, where am I going to work next? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for one of these places, right? I, I don't necessarily want to be cooking hamburgers at this stage in my career, Greg, but uh, I'm certainly looking for an organization which just doesn't talk the talk. I want to go to an organization where, you know, people work well together, where bosses listen to employees, employees listen and watch their bosses. And everybody gets the job done and everybody worries about everybody else and makes sure that everybody else comes along to me. This isn't just you know regurgitating something that happened forty years ago. This is also when we're you and I, whoever is listening to this is looking, what's next, or am I going to get involved in this uh, consulting this company or whatever your situation is? you know, what is that company? What are people doing there? Is this uh, someplace that I want to jump in and, and, and help out and work as well? Because I know if I go in there and help out that this is a good group of people and we all want to do uh, the job, we all want to support one another and we don't want to talk about doing it, we want to actually do it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great, and you know, if you are looking for a job uh, interview, ask the question, you know, you can do the research too, you can go on Google and find out what are examples that you see online of does that company actually live the values that they aspire to um, the purpose that they aspire to or ask the question you're in an interview saying, you know what I noticed that I noticed in your brochures and in your ad that uh, these are four values that are really committed to and And those are things that draw me to this organization. Can you share with me an example for you personally, where you've seen that live and if, and if it's, crickets then you know you maybe want to dive a little bit deeper
0: that's awesome that's awesome i love turning the interview into an interview
1: yeah yeah well you know what you want to find a good fit and if it is the kind of company where they do have some great examples you know this is a place to your point that you could actually contribute at a higher level so uh um uh, yeah it's awesome
0: so uh, do you have anything to uh uh to wrap up
1: I don't think, I don't think so. I think, uh, uh you know, there, there's so many great examples in here. And again, I think it's choice as a leader, what you choose to do. And you know, the fact that, uh, I mean, you're old man and you remember this, uh, from that long ago, um, that tells you how these kinds of experiences really stick with you and become foundational guideposts of how you choose to work and lead. And so, um, Hopefully we'll have other examples as we go through that we can share of some great examples. And I'm gonna dig out uh, my history and see, maybe I have a case study of, of equal experiences, because there were things that were popping in my mind about those leaders that were awesome and those leaders that weren't as I, uh, as I was uh, going through uh, listening to your stories. So, but great, thanks for sharing. And uh, we hope that this has uh, uh, been helpful and um, that has, uh, will give people some uh, good things to think about. Um, you know, we, we uh, Alistair, you always do the wrap-up and say that, you know, we, we hope that there were uh, things in here that, that got people excited, um, and we know that sometimes, there, we, although we hope there wasn't anything offensive, I always uh, share at the ends of these things that, uh, as a coach and as someone who's been coached, Um, The best sessions are ones in which has stirred in me either joy or crunchiness or peeved offness or whatever because the joy is that I see where I've been able to do that and crunchiness is where it pushes back and highlights things that maybe uh, I haven't done. So we hope in this situation that both of us, uh, this situation, although it's more positive, it gives you some more aspiration, uh, whether you're a manager or whether you're an employee, as to how you can choose to show up um, going forward.
0: I like that, that's perfect. So uh, take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success or your failure. Talk to you next time.
1: Take care.